You're listening to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy. Today, we'll be talking about how we can support students and teachers with high-quality materials wherever they are teaching and learning. We'll discuss these questions and more. What does high-quality virtual learning look like? How can we shake up and showcase the possibilities and potential of virtual learning? How can we bring students quality school experiences regardless of where they are learning? We can't wait to keep learning together today. Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy, Literacy Podcast. Today, we can't wait to talk about quality virtual teaching and learning. This pandemic might have left some of us with the idea that virtual school consists of asynchronous, independent work for students, but that's simply not true. Our guest today is taking what he's learned as director of an in-person school and applying that to learning in a virtual school. We have Stephen Shadell here today, who is the director of Great Minds Schools. And Stephen, we're going to jump right in to have you tell us a little bit about how you came to work with the Great Minds Schools. How did the virtual school come to be? Tell us anything you want to fill in. Great. Thank you, Melissa and Lori. I'm so excited to be with you both today. Um, about, about I, th- I think, seven to eight years ago, I, I became um, interested in Great Minds through uh, the Eureka Math program. And, and that's really how I learned about um, Great Minds. And at the time, I was a high school math director. And Common Core had come out, and we we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we navigate these new standards? What, is this, what does this mean for us as teachers um, as teacher leaders as, and as the leader of the department and got really excited when we encountered Eureka Math. And, and I was like, what is this? And our teachers got so excited to have a high quality curriculum to support what they were doing. And, um, and we had a lot of success implementing Great Minds. I spent, um, uh, before coming to Great Minds, I spent a lot of time in Skokie, Illinois, um, which is one of the first adopters of Eureka Math. And we held the first regional institute um, for great minds at one of our high schools and um, just saw tons of success with the program. We saw our teachers engaging at deep levels and many who uh, may have, may have thought teaching math was, it was a bit threatening really came into a new age of feeling confident, feeling excited, feeling rejuvenated. I remember working with a fifth grade team of teachers and they said, I, I never even knew why I was teaching this or why this worked. Um, but the way that the content was presented in um, in Eureka Math was just so wonderful and powerful. And we saw great successes in, in mathematics over that time, not only qualitatively with kids thinking about math in a different way, but also our, our assessment scores really tr- um, move, moving year after year as teachers and, and students became more and more familiar with what we were doing. Um, obviously, Great Minds has extended what they, what they offer and... Um, and I couldn't have been more excited to, to take an opportunity to put all the high quality curriculum that Great Minds has to offer under one roof. Um, and, and about 18 months ago, we started a school in Arizona um, in collaboration with the school district in Arizona. 
And then we are in week four of the Great Minds Virtual School, uh, which we call Great Minds Virtual, which has just been so exciting. Um, And um, I couldn't be happier with with what our teachers are doing, um, outreach with families, and our head of school, Irving Morrison, leading those efforts to ensure that we have the right conditions for high-quality curriculum to thrive. Oh, so exciting. Well, I I just want to make sure that our listeners know that the Great Minds School, the virtual school, is using Wit and Wisdom ELA geodes, which are readable texts that build knowledge that students learn about in Wit and Wisdom, um, and foundations, right, for, uh, for some foundational skills. And I believe that they're also using Eureka Math. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use and Eureka PhD Math Squared. Science. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we use uh, high quality curriculum across the board. And um, whether that's Great Minds, which, which um, we have great ELA and mathematics resources. And then um, for other areas like history, we, we utilize highly vetted, high, high quality resources to ensure that our teachers have everything they need in their classrooms to engage their students and focus their time on teaching and learning and not have to spend time figuring out what type of lesson do I have to create? Where do I get this resource from? Um, and, and, and we think that's really where uh, um, a high quality school focuses. They focus on engaging their students, building relationships with their students. And, um, and they put that first and then use a high quality curriculum on a daily basis to design lessons, to bring their kids into their content. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm wondering if you might be able to share a little bit about what's different about instruction at the Great Mind School. I also think we could dive a little further into the into literacy, but I have mm-hmm. a feeling that what you're going to share might apply to all subjects. Like what is different about instruction with high quality materials at the virtual school? Yeah. Um, and, and this is a space that we felt was ripe for innovation. Um, we, about four years ago, we started researching virtual schooling. And even at that time, if we, if we go back, teacher shortages were on people's minds, um, pockets of America that were struggling to recruit teachers. And we recognized that more and more families were turning to virtual learning. And now I don't explain to anyone how, how many families find themselves in a more flexible situation than they were used to for the, uh, if we compare it to four years ago. And so when we think about a virtual school, we want to think deeply about what are the components that are essential for a student to go into a career field at some point that none of us can even predict. And I couldn't imagine the jobs today. I definitely can't imagine the jobs 10, 15 years from now of what kids will be asked to do. Um, I can only imagine what those jobs are, but I'm sure creativity, um, ability to speak and listen, ability to really think about complex problems, and, and articulate an answer to those problems. Uh, those will be some key features um, t- to a child's upbringing that I think will be um, very helpful to them in this economy that we, we have no clue what it will look like. And so in our program, as we studied virtual schools, we found that an amazing virtual school actually looks more similar to an amazing brick and mortar school than it does to the current great virtual schools. And we believe that in a virtual school, parents should still be looking for times where kids are thinking at deep levels, they're talking with other kids, they're collaborating regularly, they're asked to solve deep, complex problems. They shouldn't be watching someone on screen do science labs. They should actually be a scientist in a science classroom. 
And so we developed a model over the last 18 months that brings all of those conditions under one virtual roof, a place where kids are thinking, they're talking, they're doing, they're not passively watching an asynchronous video day, uh, day after day, and then worksheets to go along with it. They are engaged in learning. They have a schedule each day where they're with, with their teachers. And then in the afternoon, they have some small assignments that they're, that they're doing to prepare them for the coursework the next day. That is so helpful to hear about what, what you all are doing. I'm, I have a million questions. And I don't know which way to go, but I am wondering about, you know, you've, you've had this brick and mortar school for a little yep. while now. <clears throat> what lessons are you taking from that school and into the virtual world? Like what kinds of things did you learn? And I know we talked about knowledge building specifically mm-hmm. yep. um, with, with this curriculum. So is there anything you can share about what you're Sure. Taking? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. So There are times in schools where maybe the ELA team, it's time for their renewal of curriculum materials. So the ELA teachers adopt knowledge building curriculum. So the ELA teachers adopt something like wit and wisdom. And in a school, that department, that team is working hard on implementing high quality curriculum for all English language arts students. We think of the school as being a place where everyone is immersed in knowledge building. So one key shift in our schools is that all teachers take part in knowledge building professional learning. Why is knowledge building purposeful? And if I am the art teacher, how is knowledge building presented in Wit and Wisdom? And what can I be doing as the art teacher to bring even more knowledge to life and make as many connections to that as I can? Other components of the curriculum when it comes to instructional routines or assessment techniques are also shared across our classes. And so as a teacher, there's power in if I need to pull a routine to get kids talking in my classroom and they're doing it in other classes and they're doing it in the previous grade, what an amazing way to scaffold a technique that I may not have even thought I needed today, but I have that in my toolkit to pull out. So in our, in our school, the, we have some common routines that are shared across the board that ever, every teacher uses. One of them is a fishbowl. A fishbowl for us is an exciting way to get kids talking, to get kids listening, to get kids to distill information. And so every teacher in our school is trained on executing a fishbowl for their content. And some of our teachers have curriculum where that's built in. And some of them are trying to find ways to build that into a curriculum where that specific routine um, that doesn't exist. So but helpful for, though as a teacher yeah. to know to know that they're doing it in other <laughs> classes, to know that they already the kids already know how to do it. You don't have to like start from scratch and teach them how. So helpful. Yeah. And and I, I think too, how many times have I heard as a building leader that certain pockets of the school, uh, it could be electives, um, PE, feel like they're left out of that professional learning cycle, but play Absolutely. such a key role in the school. And that has been such a shift for our teachers and feeling like they're plugged in to the instructional program and not like an afterthought around, Hey, during professional learning, just go do your own, go go (laughs) sort that out, go do your own thing. We are ultra focused on ensuring they have what they need to engage their learners as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not ELA or math. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's great. I love that. I feel like it also builds school community, you know, and it does, speak to that idea that everyone is teaching. Everyone is a teacher of knowledge. Everyone is a teacher of critical thinking. Everyone is a teacher who 
supports other teachers and what they're teaching. So I'm curious if you like have a story or an example of of that. <laughs> I know yeah, putting but, you on the spot, we didn't talk about no, that. Totally, totally. I, but, <laughs> I hesitated I, I, to ask for a minute. <laughs> no. And, and I, I think, I think you're right on about this idea of we are here to engage students at deep levels. I just happen to be the math teacher and I engage kids through a, a content area that I'm passionate about. Um, and I was a math teacher, which is why I'm using that example. <laughs> but I, I'm teaching in a way for kids to learn essential life skills, to become better people, and obviously learn math. And that's the conduit that I'm teaching those skills through, right? And so, so for us, I'll give you a direct example at our um, at Great Minds Virtual. We have we had to decide what electives we're going to offer our kids, and starting a school is very frantic. But it's also very fun in that you get to choose and at all the conditions for mm-hmm. the school. We had a lot of conversations about what this looks like. What we landed on is kids have two elective opportunities. They have an applied sciences class um, called medical detectives where they'll actually actually dissect a sheep's brain, which is mm-hmm. always fun. Because I, I always think back to middle school. That's like one of the only things I remember is dissection. I love um, dissecting things. <laughs> I love yeah. it. But <laughs> not learning. Not, yes, yes. It, yeah, it's uh, for some people it's the greatest. For others, it's, it's easily forgotten. Um, but in that in that course, in our applied sciences course, um, kids are learning about applied sciences that, but it's deeply connected to the knowledge they're learning in math and science. Mm-hmm. And we have connected every single component to kids who are passionate about math and science to take that knowledge to the next level and kids will easily see that connection. The other course that we offer in, in for our, uh, an experience for middle schoolers is a digital photography class where kids are taking the s- similar artwork that they learned in wit and wisdom and bringing that to life. And then caps, there's a capstone at the end of the course that uh, essentially showcases um, the knowledge that they built this year um, along with some of some of the artwork that has been formational to their ELA experience. And so our, our goal is that our elective teachers are in the same knowledge building process as every other teacher. They are taking kids down routes based on their passions to build knowledge at incredibly deep levels outside of the core areas. Yeah. Those connections are so powerful. That's great. That's so neat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love the crossover. That's yeah. Uh, I could listen to stories like this all day, so I'll have to pull back. I would keep asking you for more. <laughs> Can we pause real quick? Um, so you mentioned sheep's brains, and they're going to dissect yes. sheep's brains, but it's virtual. Yes. <laughs> so can we so, talk about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's how do they, how oh, do they? Oh my gosh! Does every brains? student get a sheep brain sent to their like, house? So, and if like so, in the mail, how do you warn the parents. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's a great question. So um, this is something that luckily does not come up for a while. So we have some lead way to figure this out. I, I'll take you a little bit through our thought process, and then maybe there's a, a listener that has a better idea. So. As you can imagine with the science class, um, and I spent a, a little bit of time of, as an interim science director, which could not have been more helpful based on what I'm about <laughs> to describe. Um, there are things that are so easy to send home, a light bulb, right. aluminum foil. So every kid, we are actually building them right now. It's funny, this came up and my team said, we we're doing a test before this to see if they, I, I could hear them pack science bags, <laughs> but each, each student in our school receives a science module kit. And in that kit has, there's safe 
um, materials for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if it requires fire and, and those materials, the teacher will demo that virtually. But 90% of what we do is in a safe environment. Sheep's brains for some families might be very exciting. While I can imagine like my family growing up, I don't know how that would have gone over. And right. <laughs> so we have some leadway. And, and I think what will happen is we'll, we'll allow families to decide how comfortable are you with this? And then we'll have a secondary simulation for any families that, that is that is interested in just doing that virtually. That makes sense. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that if you're in a science class, you, we need you acting as close to a scientist as possible. Otherwise, you're just mimicking what a science teacher is doing. And that is in science, right? It would be like an ELA, us looking at texts and then just mimicking that text. We would never have kids write that way. And so we in our school don't want any mimicking. We want kids to see what's happening, um, explore what's happening, and then bring their own ideas to life through writing, um, in mathematics, through uh, formulaic thought and a little bit of writing, and then through through science, really thinking deeply about what's happening and creating their own model to explain the situation or the scenario. I'm really hopeful that they'll record these since it is virtual. <laughs> yes, yes. And Can more to come. I'll keep you. Yes. Keep us posted. Yes. The, the brain dissection. Although I don't mm-hmm. know that I want to see that. I would like rather see the kids' faces, if I'm being honest. <laughs> totally, totally. And it, it's like I, we still need to meet with. I don't even know how to mail them. I, we have so many questions about how this is going to work ourselves. So more to come. <laughs> okay, we'll stay Can't tuned. But I love, I love the problem-solving mentality. You're like, we're going to provide options. We're going to get the brains to them somehow, mm-hmm. or we're not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We're going to yeah. provide in a, a way that feels safe for everyone. Absolutely. In, in ELA too, Lori, we, we, every child in our school receives actual texts. We're a virtual program, but our, our, our students need to be annotating and getting deep into the unbelievable texts of, of wit and wisdom. While I was traveling this summer, I was, I was reading the texts on planes and I was thinking to myself, thank goodness we're sending these home so that Kids can have this these unbelievable books by their side at all times. Yeah. And what yeah. what is your favorite one? Bud Nut Buddy. Oh, well, that was an immediate Bud Nut Buddy. Yeah, Bud Nut Buddy is by it. far my favorite. I think I read it one point five times. <laughs> Life got a little little too busy and I wasn't able to finish it. Um, there's another book that I just started reading and I can't remember the it's the it's in sixth grade. It's it's really heavy. It's um it's a hardcover book. I can't remember the name of it. Lori, do you remember? It's so good. Grade. And the pictures, yeah, I'm the looking pictures me. are Is it the Odyssey? Is it the Odyssey? It's not the Odyssey. It's not the Odyssey. But the sixth grade text, the whole program is unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm, I, my goal, Melissa and Lori, is to just read with the kids so that when I pop in classrooms, I know exactly what's happening. And, and so I read Out of the Dust to start the year, but not Buddy, um, now. And then I, now I'm starting to read the Module Could 2 books. Listen? And oh. I can't remember the name of the first one I just picked up. <laughs> Is it, is it, I am Malala? It, it is. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. But whoever picks the, picks the wit and wisdom books is, is uh, a genius that I cannot, I cannot tell you how excited I am for our kids to engage <laughs> in those texts. I know I have to, I had to ask you that because I think the same thing. I especially love the texts and love reading them. And I think it brings, when, when you get into high quality materials and actually get into the text, it really brings an understanding to mm. you as an educator about the knowledge that kids are formulating and what this really looks like at a high level. Yeah. More so, I know, you know, for me than ever before, I really didn't understand it until I was in the high quality materials. And then I thought, oh, 
you know, I wish I had had this so long, so many years ago to do this with my students. Yes, totally agree. Stephen, just a quick clarification. You may have said this already, but the virtual school is just middle school, right? Yeah. So we're our goal over time, Melissa, is to be a, f- a full six twelve school. And so we this year, this is our first year. Um, we started small to make sure we get all of the systems right before we start scaling up. And so this year we have just sixth grade. Uh, we have a great group of of sixth graders. We have our founding school of teachers. We we interviewed close to 4,000 teachers for seven positions. Whoa. <laughs> and it, that whole time, just the amount of teachers who wanted to teach in a school where high quality curriculum was guaranteed was off the charts. And I wish I had 35, 40, even 100 positions for people that we interviewed that were amazing. Um, we just had seven slots. Um, and so, and, and we're excited with the staff we have, and we think they're the future leaders of our school. And um, our head of school, Irvi Morrison, did an amazing job finding an outstanding group of founding teachers. And how do students apply? Like, how do, how do you get yeah. your students? That's a great question. So this year, we, we, we use tons of strategies to find families. And so one thing we do, and we'll, we'll pick this back up um, starting later this year, is we do a monthly open house that is available to any family um, to attend. And then we drive um, through promoted social and Google search. Um, we try to get that out there to as many people as possible so that um, we, can, we can hopefully get a large audience at our open houses. And we've had a lot of success with that. Anyone can see our past open houses on our website, greatmindsvirtual.org. And so if you're interested and you're listening, you're like, what is this all about? We have all of our web, all of our open houses from last year um, and other information on our, on our website or YouTube channel at Great Minds Virtual for anyone to see. That's awesome. Uh, we will link in the show notes, Stephen, just thanks. so everybody can easily access it who are listening. And I'm just making a note here. I, I'm hoping that you can share. Is it free? Is school free? <laughs> or yeah, is this so- a paid force opportunity? So Great Minds, uh, we obviously believe that knowledge belongs to everyone. We have that on our school shirt that all of our kids and teachers wear on Fridays. And at at Great Minds, you can't say that and then charge students tuition. And so every child at our school um, pays no tuition. They pay nothing for the resources, the science things we're talking about. We send that free of charge home. And all of our teachers have tutoring office hours free of charge. And kids and families know at the beginning of the week, when is, when is my math teacher available? And they can pop in at any time for free one-on-one, or it might be two or three kids that drop in to one, um, two to three times a week for their core teachers. So great. It's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so curious. One thing we talked about was, you know, you all don't have this master plan to just like (laughs) get rid of middle schools, the old, the old school way and just have all great minds, virtual schools, but you really have a, an idea of why you want this school to exist. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So first and foremost, we want the school to exist for the kids in our school and that that's why we're here. And that's why our teachers are here, but above and beyond the, the students and families in our school, we 
hear about um, Melissa. I get I got a Slack this morning. I got an email two days ago around how virtual schools are starting to come around to implementing high quality curriculum in their schools. And for for a while, the virtual market was dominated by primarily asynchronous platforms or mostly asynchronous with a little bit of synchronous. And I think from the families that we're meeting with, they're they're looking for structure. They're looking for high quality teaching and learning practices that they've seen in brick and mortar schools. And they want to see someone bring that together. And we just had a market analysis uh, presented to us this week. The amount of families that are choosing virtual schools is predicted over the next 10 years to come close to, I think it was like 20% of all students. Wow. Wow. And if employers continue to allow um, their employees to work from home, um, they said it could scale up to 25%. And that's, that's a lot more than I would have guessed. <laughs> I'm, I was blown away. And, um, yeah. and, and I, I was on the call with a few people and we were like, this is interesting to think about. Um, there are some huge state-based virtual schools that have, um, have a lot of students um, enrolled. And I think that's where the majority comes from. However, every family we've met with um, and we even have had some families reach out after the first few weeks um, around the structure we provide, the outstanding teachers we provide, the guaranteed resources we provide. That's why I, that's what I think is is setting us apart from the average um, yeah. low cost or free virtual school. Can you tell us a little bit about the resources and a little bit about? Yeah. More, just more about that stuff. All that, yeah, yeah, cool yeah. stuff. <laughs> and and I should go. Ba- I'm going to go back real quick and then spiral back to that question, if you don't mind. When we were developing our I- ideas based on research for what the school should look like, I mentioned earlier that it sh- we thought and um, our our learnings led us to thinking that we need to look like an amazing brick and mortar school and let and less like an existing virtual school. So for us we had to develop a model where we weren't saying no to high quality curriculum instead saying we need to find tech tools that allow us to let high quality curriculum thrive. And for EM squared, for example, uh, which is a a new math curriculum um, has some amazing digital features that make total sense. We, We can maneuver that into a learning management system but some of the assessment tools, some of the digital features all just lead themselves easily to virtual instruction. Um, we, in some of our other content areas, have, have had a little bit of a heavier lift, but we're not willing to negotiate on high quality curriculum. We know that we want to use the best, most powerful curriculum, and it's our job to find a way to bring that into a digital landscape. And so we've taken um, ELA, Wit and Wisdom, um, luckily wit and wisdom has the in sync component, which provides some wonderful help when it comes to high quality videos that our teacher can use. Um, and even just use it as a guide for our teacher herself. So she can see if it, she could see the lesson in action from an expert and then she can plan her lesson after that. Um, and then we're using, um, CK history as our history resource. And we are really enjoying, um, what that looks like. We've, we've, we've had to build that into our learning management system as well. And then sadly, um, we our brick and mortar school uses PhD science and it's amazing. 
Um, but we're waiting for the middle school versions of PhD science to become available. Oh, right, right, right. And so we're <laughs> utilizing Open Syed, and Open Syed um, has, has been great for our teachers, and we're maneuvering that into a, a virtual platform as well. So we started the um, the the maneuvering around curriculum into our learning management system months ago, and we've we've done tons of testing and iterating and. Um, practicing and really think we got it into a place where families can navigate in a nice way, which is the most important and students know where they need to be. And our teachers can um, teach that curriculum in in such a rich way with all that pre-work we did. So I think we're about to wrap up, Lori, unless you have other questions, but Stephen, I'm just wondering before we start to wrap up, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about either of the schools, virtual instruction, yeah, absolutely. Li- life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we're at this place right now. I, I just came back from a national conference and everything on everyone's mind is how do we empower people to come into the profession and keep them in the profession? And you could have the greatest ideas in the world have the best curriculum ever created. But if you're not filling staff spots, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult, difficult place. And what we're finding is teachers feel empowered. They feel excited when they have the time to just focus in on what am I going to do for my kids today? And I have a guaranteed curriculum. And I need to focus on the questions I'm asking, how I'm getting kids into collaborative groups, how I'm leading a Socratic seminar, how I'm making the launch for today's lesson as, as, as beautiful as possible to, to really hook kids. And we have found that that is what excites teachers. And if we compare it to still what's happening in some places where they're going on different websites, to pe- I, I was one of them, going on sites to piece, <laughs> piece lessons together, and it just gets exhausting. And that's not why any of us got into this profession. Um, and so I would encourage people to think deeply about what are the things that we can begin taking off teacher's plates and not adding to teacher's plates as the job becomes more and more complex and having high quality curriculum takes a lot off of a teacher's plate and allows them to focus on the things they love to do and not stay up till 8 PM planning lessons. Um, and so We've seen that loud and clear, and we're coming out with a, a great article actually next week, I believe, that will showcase um, some, some of some of these um, qualitative metrics from teachers on, on why they're excited and why they're staying and why they feel like a teacher leader. And I don't think that there's been a time in recent history where that's been more important. I agree. <laughs> You'll have to share those with us, too, so we can share them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I love, well, I'm wondering if anyone out there would like to sign up for your virtual school. Can they mm-hmm. just do that at uh, greatmindsvirtual.org? Is that They where? can. So in, in the show notes, we'll have the website. If you just, on that main page, scroll down just a bit, you'll see all of the information for a- applying for our school. Um, our application process is always ongoing. And so we'll be meeting with families this fall, this winter, this spring. We'll be launching a new cohort next year of sixth graders. Um, And then we may have a few seats open as our current group of sixth graders goes to seventh grade. 
Um, and we're, we're interested to see if, um, in our school, we, I think there's a lot of excitement. However, um, we are learning that some people's job flexibility is going back to hybrid or going right. back to in-person. Right. So we just never know. Right. And so we, we may have some seats available. So if you have a, a rising sixth grader or rising seventh grader, um, please, um, take a look at the information on our website. And if you're just a family that wants to be in the loop, you have a third grader and you're like, what's happening? Um, you can also just join our newsletter. And so on our website, you'll see a place where you can share your info for, with us. And then we will keep you up to date on um, what we're thinking, what we're doing. And, um, as your child grows into an age where they, they could join us, you'll know exactly what to do. Thanks. If you're still around in seven or eight years doing this, yes, I'll, I'll be ready. So. With <laughs> yes, that's what yeah. I was going to say. I have a rising sixth grader, so Ooh. yeah, might be hearing from Options. me. Yeah, absolutely. Also, we um, we're we're very active on all social platforms, so that'd be that'd be another way to to follow us. Um, our Instagram page highlights things our kids are doing and teachers are doing. Um, we have, we have LinkedIn posts that are focused more at the professional environment. So if you're listening and you're a school leader, we share out a lot of information there. And then we try to keep up our blog section on the website as, as much as possible. So if you're looking for more information on why we landed on the model we did, or, um, we, we've provided some guidance to families around what they should ask virtual schools as they may be visiting. Um, we, we try to, to release as much information through our blog as possible. That's so cool. I love following your Instagram. Oh, I love thank seeing you. what the kids are doing. It's really fun. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. They actually they have some really very cool interactive tools. So it gives me ideas too for mm-hmm. uh for some some fun stuff to do. Yeah. To share knowledge, right? Or to yeah. think about how my little one can show what she's learning. <laughs> so Yeah, totally. And and all of our kids obviously live anywhere. Mm-hmm. And are doing unique things. And so we celebrate that. And it's just so powerful to have 12, 13 kids in a room, a virtual room and share about what, what they're, what they're doing at home, what, what they're, um, maybe it's an athletics activity or a musical activity and, and showcasing those, those things they're doing at home in a different part of the country. Um, such a wonderful way to meet kids from uh, across, the, across the country in different places. Um, that, that has been so exciting for our, for our teachers. That is exciting. I like that. I like that you tried to bring the, well, that you are bringing the school experience that is the in-school experience to the virtual experience. Mm-hmm. And rather than trying to create a great virtual experience and you're doing that with high quality stuff, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So thank you for yeah. your good work, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for listening, literacy lovers. Sign up to stay connected with us at literacypodcast.com. We're excited to create a space for community discussion about our podcast. We want to connect with our listeners and support you in answering your questions. But we also realize there are a lot of other educators out there who have great advice and experience too. Let's keep learning together in our Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast Facebook group, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If the content in this episode helped you, share with a fellow educator and teacher friend. Our Literacy Lover community welcomes educators at every stage of their learning journey. We're so glad you're here to learn with us. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast in this episode are not necessarily the opinions of Great Minds PBC or its employees.